0: The Praying with the Eyes Podcast, Episode 50 Five Lessons I Learned from the Solar
1: Eclipse. Welcome to the Praying with the Eyes Podcast. Your host is Doug Bronner, senior pastor at Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado. As an avid photographer, Doug combines the beauty of God's creation with the beauty of his word in a Praying with the Eyes devotional blog. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast.
0: week before I headed out on vacation earlier in August, I realized that I would be driving through Wyoming on August 21st. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not always the brightest person in the world, and it's been a busier summer than I expected it to be, but that's okay. It, it's... It, it's the way summer usually goes for me. I have all these plans. I think I'm going to get everything done that I want to get done, and, and it doesn't happen. And, and all of a sudden, August is here. Uh, I had um, I wanted to go out and see my mom. I hadn't seen her for a year. And uh, Janice is already in school, so I was going to make this trip by myself and spend a little bit of time with her, with my brother and, and, and brother-in-law and, and so forth. And, and so, as I've told you before, I listen to a lot of photography podcasts, and I was listening to a few of them on the solar eclipse, and they would say on August 21st. And it started to dawn on me as I got closer to the time of my vacation uh, that that was going to be the day I was driving back to Colorado Springs and I would be driving through Wyoming. Now, at first I'm thinking, oh brother, the traffic's going to be terrible and stuff. But but then I, I begin to realize that that um, it's an opportunity for me to be able to get into totality of the solar, e- uh, solar eclipse. And and so I decided uh, looking at a map and where I'd be spending the night in Ogden, Utah, and, and where I could get to uh, totality, uh, was, uh, I ended up getting in this beautiful little community called Pinedale, Wyoming, about 100 miles north, almost exactly 100 miles north of Rock Springs, Wyoming. And it's uh, just um, a little bit south and to the west of the Wind River Range of mountains. And, and so I went north of the the city a ways and, and uh, was, was going to... Uh, um, shoot the the eclipse, watch the eclipse, and, and shoot it with my camera, and I I made the decision that I was going to uh, take this uh, a time lapse. I I didn't have a solar filter for my lens, and I didn't want to hurt my uh, my. Uh, uh, sensor in my camera, so hey, I'll, I can do a time lapse with a wide angle lens to see the effect it had uh, on the landscape. Uh, the only problem I didn't realize is that the sun. Well, actually, I did. I knew this was going to be uh, an issue, but I didn't realize it's going to be this big of an issue. Is that the uh, the sun was very high in the sky, and even with a 10 millimeter lens on a crop sensor camera, so it's about a 15 millimeter lens on a full frame camera. Which some of you are going, who cares? I do, but that's all right. Anyway, uh, it it, uh, it still died. I got very little of the landscape, and and I have a new program that I use to put time lapse together, and 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 I, to be honest with you, I was a little bit disappointed. I haven't put uh, as as of the recording of this podcast, I haven't put it together yet, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. So what I thought I would do is spend a little bit of time with you today talking about five lessons that I learned uh, in in. Uh, shooting and, and experiencing the uh, solar eclipse on August 21st. I can tell you right now that I'm planning on uh, being somewhere to see the uh, totality again in April 8th, 2024. In fact, my daughter-in-law and I were uh, on Facebook talking about possibility of our families taking a, a vacation at that time together and spending a few extra days so we don't get stuck. Stuck in all that traffic, and that's going to be one of my lessons I learned on uh, about the solar eclipse. But anyway, the Praying with the Eyes podcast is a ministry of Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and I'm the senior pastor there. I, I thank you for your patience as I, I took a little break, and I'm going to talk about that in just a, a, a moment. Anyway, if you'd like to find out more about Holy Cross, you can go to our website at holycrosscs.org, holycrosscs as in Colorado Springs.org. Uh, and you'll find out what we're doing there. Uh, we are now have our our sermons up on video if you'd like to to watch the the sermons uh, that Pastor Jeffrey and I preach. The Praying with the Eyes ministry also has its own website, and you can go to prayingwiththeeyes.com. Again, that's prayingwiththeeyes.com, and there you'll find a daily devotional blog that that posts, like it says in the title, daily devotional blog. Uh, I have, at this time, seven. Hopefully, we'll have added another uh, blogger here soon. Uh, I have seven bloggers who are writing these daily devotional blogs and they're amazing. And uh, the whole caption is uh, of the Praying with the Eyes ministry is connecting the beauty of God's Word with the beauty of His creation. And I'm hoping that's what will be a part of this uh, these podcasts as well. So let me talk about, as many of you know, I took a three-month hiatus from these podcasts during the summer. And, and I think it, this is the 50th, so a number of podcasts that we've been doing. But going back uh, to the early days when it was uh, a not a podcast but was a broadcast on the uh, the IB network and internet uh, a station and there I was doing it every week, and I did 26 of those on the IB Network, and I would encourage you to go give Tim Wacker a, a view. You can you can go to the IB Network uh, and find out what he's got going on over there. Great guy, and I appreciated everything Tim did for me uh, in getting this podcast going. As many of you know, at uh, after that half a year of doing uh, the broadcast i i just couldn't do it every week anymore uh, i enjoyed doing it every week but i just couldn't do it anymore and and so i decided at that time to to move it into a podcast and then uh, have them come out on the 1st and the 15th of every month but there's times when you got to take a break in things right and and i felt that that there was a need for me to do that uh, this summer we've made some changes with the the podcast and i felt maybe we were getting away from what it was intended to be and and what is the purpose of the podcast well uh, and and so as I'm putting together this year's schedule, and by the way, I plan on taking two months off every every year in the summer. I think that's good for my, my sanity. I think it's good for the podcast for me to take off uh, July and August each year, and so that just to prep you for what's coming again and not be surprised by it. And By the way, I, we haven't finished up yet the Three Amigos uh, podcast, which we started back in May, and so we're going to finish that up here soon. Uh, Dan Hampton is going to come on. He'll be the one kind of leading that uh, podcast and and interviewing me as we talk about service ministry, and hopefully we'll be able to bring Pastor Jeffrey on with that as well. And I'm hoping to have different guests on with me in these podcasts. Uh, some of them will be focused on those daily devotional blogs like today is, and you'll get that in the third segment of our, our podcast today. Uh, and I'll talk about uh, kind of my disappointment that I had in in shooting the the with my camera shooting the eclipse although I haven't put together the time lapse yet it's quite an effort to put those together and I have nearly 2,000 pictures that I have to stack together into that time lapse so it's going to take me a while to do that but uh, I hope to have that out maybe maybe just maybe by the time this podcast comes out I'll have that uh, I'll have that time lapse finished and then I'll, I'll put a link to the to that uh, time-lapse in the show notes. Uh, what I found, you can't put stuff like that on Facebook. Facebook just destroys it. So I'll use my YouTube channel to uh, post that time-lapse and then uh, put a link to the YouTube channel. Anyway, I, I don't expect anything fantastic to come out of it. I got to be honest, okay? There's some mess-ups I had and, and so forth. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, uh, it, it, so we're, we're back. We're, we're going. I'm looking forward to being a part of the, the doing these podcasts with you again. And, and what a journey it's going to be. And, and how I'm so grateful that you would once again tune into these podcasts.
1: You're listening to the Praying with the Eyes podcast.
0: Feel free to email me at questions at prayingwiththeeyes.com. Questions at prayingwiththeeyes.com. If you have questions or just comments about this podcast or suggestions for moving forward with the Praying with the Eyes podcast, I would deeply appreciate it. So what I want to share with you now are the five lessons that I learned from the solar eclipse. And those five lessons are plan ahead, modify your expectations, enjoy the moment, don't leave too soon, and don't worry. So, let's go over each one of these uh, in in a little bit more depth. So lesson number one plan ahead uh, planning ahead helped me a great deal for this uh, solar eclipse. now, as I mentioned earlier i uh, it was toward that week before I went out to Oregon that I realized that the I'd be traveling during the eclipse, but right away when I realized that I I made plans for where I was going to go. I looked at a map, realized that the furthest I could make it, uh, driving by myself from Mount Angel, Oregon, to uh, back to Colorado Springs was Ogden, Utah. And so I knew that I had to make plans to stop there. And then I figured out where would be a good place and looking at the map on totality, where totality would be, uh, where would be a good place where there wouldn't be a lot of people I didn't think and, and where I could get to at a reasonable time so I didn't have to get up so early. And so I... I I'd never been to Pinedale, Wyoming before, but decided, hey, that would be a good place to stop. And so it helped me plan where I was going to be. And then you can do the Google Earth stuff and, 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 and travel up the road, which I did, and try to figure out where you're going now. Uh, um, and I'll get to this in the next point, too. But, you know, things had to change a bit. But um, I did plan ahead and it helped me a great deal, and and I knew my limitations. I like I said, I did not have a solar filter for my cam- my lens, my camera, so I knew I couldn't use my longer reaching lens to get the solar eclipse. I didn't want to. I didn't want to take a chance on hurting my sensor. So I I thought I've been I've been getting into time lapse lately. So let's do the effect of the of the eclipse as it as the, the light goes away and, and then comes back again. And and so uh, I knew my limitations as well. And so when I got there, uh, I, I, it, a lot of things were as I expected them to be. So we listened to uh, the word of Solomon in Proverbs 16, 3, where Solomon said, Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. The key for King Solomon is not our plans the key was that we commit our work our doing to the Lord it's kind of an interesting word that Solomon uses there it's not just about work as you and I understand work as some some job we do 8 hours a day or more than that whatever but it's our doing it's it's that part of our life our work life but it's also our family life and our doing so committing our doing to the Lord uh, uh is key, is critical, and then God will uh, establish our plans. He will He will make them set, which means that they may not end up being the plans that you and I want. So that leads me to the second lesson I learned. Not only were we to plan ahead, but we also ought to modify our expectations, modify your expectations. So uh, when I arrived at Pinedale, I wasn't quite uh, it wasn't quite like I thought it would be. Uh, I thought I'd be more up in the mountains of the Wind River Range uh, for some reason. Oh, there's a ski area that that. Uh was in that area, and I thought, okay, you know, Colorado ski areas, it's going to be right in the middle of the mountains, and it wasn't like that. And I also had planned to go to this one pull-off up the road I was on, further up the mountain. Well, that was all full, and so I turned around, went back down, and had already seen that there was this nice parking area that really could handle quite a few people, and had this beautiful overlook of a lake down below. And so that that's where I went, and and set up my camera, and And I had to modify those expectations. Uh, I had to modify my expectations for capturing a landscape. As I mentioned earlier, the sun was so high in the sky, and even with a very wide-angle lens, I wasn't able to get a whole lot of the landscape in the picture. If I had been more up in the mountains, uh, I probably would have been able to do some of that, but that wasn't the case. So I had to modify my expectations. A little bit later in the same chapter in Proverbs, Solomon writes in verse nine of chapter sixteen: "The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps." We understand, don't we, from this that that God is not saying to us that it's it's wrong to have plans. In fact, we talked about it in the first point. The first lesson was: Yeah, plan ahead. Our heart plans are ways and and you you know that well whatever you're going through you're probably doing that right now in your life I have things in my own life that I'm planning uh, At this time as well. And Janice and I do a lot of talking about those things. And we know that given the period of time that we're looking at, things are going to change. They're going to be modifications. We don't know what the world is going to be like down the road. We don't know what's going to happen in our own nation. Uh, And things could change drastically to make those plans have to be modified. But we make those plans in our heart, but it's God who establishes our steps. God will establish our 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 direction in our life, and where we're going to go, and how things will take place for us. So, if we're not all caught up in controlling the future. Then we can move to the the third lesson that I learned. And we'll get to that in a second. But let's talk about this getting caught up in, in the future. Uh, we're not to get caught up into some kind of uh, idea of what the, the, the future is going to be. and controlling it. As many of you know, we can't control the future anyway. Some of us have recently received news, some pretty disturbing news about our health, right? And, and it changes our plans drastically. And we have to make new plans for the future into what that's going to look like uh, for us. Us, but but we do that, don't we? We, we make plans to, and things change for us. We, we can't control the future. And when we let go of our need to, and we understand that God establishes our plan, it then, like I said, leads us to the third lesson that I
1: learned. Going deeper. You're listening to the Praying with the Eyes podcast.
0: So lesson one was plan ahead, and lesson two, modify your expectations. Lesson number three, enjoy the moment. As we've modified our expectations, it really it lends itself now for us to be able to in, enjoy what we're experiencing. I don't know about those of you who experienced the totality of the solar eclipse, but for me, it's been very difficult to explain to people what it is that I experienced. I I, uh, I experienced that same kind of uh, percentage of the eclipse that people in Colorado Springs did around 98% at a certain point. But it was nothing like totality. And when you slip into totality, it, it's it's such an awe-inspiring thing to, to try to grab a hold of. It, and to try to explain what it was is difficult to do. Everything where I was and the mountains got still, really still, quiet. The wind stopped. I'm not sure if there was that much of a wind beforehand, but there was there was a quietness. I know that some people have said to me that the crickets uh, started chirping. Uh, I was on the edge of totality. I was uh, only experienced about a minute worth of totality, uh, and it even seemed a lot shorter than that. But I, I think that it was probably around a minute is what I experienced, and and I could look out. I was up high, but you could look down toward where where Pine was, and it. Could see lights coming on in that area, and and it's it's not the same as being dark at night. It's a different kind of darkness, but it, it's it's fantastic, and and to enjoy the moment. And so what I chose to do at that time was I had my my glasses on, and I took them off and looked at it for uh, the totality for a few moments, and. and uh, then put the glasses back on And when you put the glasses on it was it was neat because when i had the glasses on as this the moon fully slipped in front of the the sun and you watched nothing you could see nothing with those glasses on and then you take the glasses off and instead of just looking at the sun you look around uh, and i had a great view like down at the lake and and the hillside and it's amazing what you see and just trying to capture that moment that that short period of time and enjoy it and and the people around me really enjoyed it. Uh, some of you said it got really quiet because people got quiet, not where I was. people where I was started going wow and, and, uh, and, and making other noises uh, uh, during the time of totality and I was one of them too. It just kind and just even quietly under your breath, just in awe of this thing that that happens so infrequently viewed by so few people, and there you are watching it happen. And, and, and I'm thinking about God and, and how God had ordered this and planned this by the way he set things in motion through the natural courses of nature. It amazes me in, in, in standing in awe of God. I didn't care about capturing anything on my camera at that point. My camera was taking pictures uh, anyway, uh, one every three seconds, and I didn't have to worry about it. I I didn't take any. I had another camera with me, and I didn't take any during that time as well, I don't think. Uh, Maybe I did. I'll have to go back and look at those pictures. But anyway, uh, it was just so amazing. Now, Solomon, not in, in Proverbs, but in Ecclesiastes, wrote in Ecclesiastes 9.7, Go, eat your bread with joy, and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. That, that's kind of an interesting passage, isn't it? We can enjoy life, even when life is filled with utter pain and sorrow. Enjoy life. Because God has already approved of us in his Son, Jesus Christ. So often I've said it, I think I've even done this, uh, had a, uh, a podcast on this at some time, that joy is not the same thing as happiness. And I know that one of our bloggers, Zach Roll, he did a daily devotional recently on this same topic. Joy and laughter are not the same thing. Laughter depends on my circumstances in my life. Uh, and and I can be happy and I can be sad. Those are good emotions. But joy is what I experience knowing how God sees me through his son Jesus, his death, his resurrection, declares me right before God. And I know this life is filled with pain and sorrow and and struggles of life. But even in the midst of that, we are set free to enjoy the moment, to enjoy uh, being around each other. I've experienced that so often in the context of families grieving when somebody is dying, that in the midst of that room where the person is dying, there are stories being shared, there's laughter, and the ability to to enjoy the moment of knowing they are helping to usher their loved one into the waiting arms of Jesus Christ. But the 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 preacher Solomon uh, also said uh, that God approved what you do. Well. God approves what you and I do because he approves of us. It doesn't go the other way around. Because of what Jesus has done for us, because God approves of us through his son Jesus, then God approves of the work we do. He declares it good as he declares us good. And so uh, we can now enjoy life. And that's hard for us to grasp. I still have struggled with this in, in, in my life. I, I know this intellectually. I know that, that God uh, declares my works good because he declares me good. And yet I still look at what I do and say, it's just crud. I know the motives with which I do things. Even though the best times when I do something, uh, I can can still do it with a a begrudging heart. And yet God declares it good, not because of my heart, but because of his heart toward me. And this is a critical difference in what I see people declaring in, in, in the world around us in Christendom. Uh, I've heard way too often, well, God looks into our heart. Well, I know God looks into my heart. My God, my heart isn't always pure, and my motives aren't always good. I'd rather have God declare my works good than have me try to uh, intrinsically, uh, that there's something intrinsically good about the works I'm doing because I did it with a, a heart that was, you know, pure, whatever. Okay, so that's the third lesson I learned. Enjoy the moment. And that leads into the the, the next one because you see that moment goes on for a while. Uh, the fourth lesson I learned is don't leave too soon. Most of the 15 to 20 people who watched the eclipse with me in this parking area overlooking this lake left as soon as totality was over. There were a handful of us that were left. Just me And this father and son, as they were taking pictures of the eclipse, and they too left kind of uh, early as they got their equipment together. And this other family even outlasted me. Uh, I I stayed for about 45 minutes after the eclipse. I think it went for another 15 minutes or so, another hour. Even I left too soon uh, in one sense. And, And the reality is, right, that the entrance into totality is not the same as the exit from totality. I still remember that as soon as the the uh, light again appeared from uh, behind the sun that there was this kind of moment that the light reminded me of what happens when they turn on lights at a baseball game. So we go to Sky Sox game. It's a local baseball team here in Colorado Springs. They have fireworks on Friday nights. They turn off the lights and the fireworks are over. Then they turn the lights back on and it come on very slowly. And it's kind of a white light. And that's what it appeared to be like for me as the, uh, as the sun's light began once again to shine upon uh, this land. And, and so I would have missed that had I left early. And I know people were worried about what getting home and so forth and i and I know that that's a lot of the reason why people left early once again. Solomon the preacher in Ecclesiastes seven eight writes, "The end of something is better than the beginning. It's better to be patient than arrogant. The end of something is better than the beginning i get there's an anticipation of the totality. And then, for us in our society, it's kind of anticlimactic for us. We we kind of pull back and say, "Well, that was The, the ending's is not going to be as good as the beginning." And yet, when you think of being there the whole time, watching the the sun enter into the eclipse and then exit out of it, it's the full experience of it. Something similar to me is is the way we celebrate Christmas. And the 12 days of Christmas. And I know those of you who are members of Holy Cross are really tired of this. You don't need to hear this in September when Christmas is still a few months away. But the Christmas season is the time period uh, that begins with Christmas Day and goes for the next 12 days. It doesn't, Christmas Day does not end the 12 days of Christmas, it begins the 12 days of Christmas. When everybody else is putting their stuff away, we as Christians are, are gearing up for an w- amazing celebration of God sending the Son into human flesh and dwelling among us. And this whole journey of, of Christmas and the 12 days of, of Christmas and seeing the fullness of it, the beginning uh, and the end, the fullness of it, uh, the end of something is better than the beginning. That leads me to the last lesson I learned. You see, people left early, and why did they leave early? It's because they were concerned about the traffic, and they were worried about getting home. So lesson number five that I learned from the solar eclipse, don't worry. I knew I was in trouble on my return back to Colorado Springs after the eclipse. I had uh, uh driven from a 100-mile drive down to Rock Springs, got down there about 1 uh, something after 1, got to McDonald's, which was my staple on this journey, my vacation. And and uh picked up lunch, and got back on the road somewhere around one thirty, quarter to 2. And on Interstate 80 from Rock Springs to Cheyenne, the cars that I was passing and the cars that passed me, most of them had Colorado license plates. So I knew I was in trouble. And I had a decision to make at Laramie. Yeah, those of you who know this area know that it's kind of a cutoff between Laramie to Fort Collins that you can take. And I thought, okay, I can take that. But you know, there's going to be a lot of people on that highway, and it's a two-lane highway, and if it gets stuck, I could be there forever. So I decided to take the extra miles and go to Cheyenne, thinking that the traffic would be better. And I get to the interchange of I-25 and I-80, and it's a parking lot. It's a parking lot. I get onto the the interstate, Interstate 80, heading south down to Colorado Springs. And from that interchange all the way to the Wyoming border, it was stop and go cleared up a little bit, got to Fort Collins, south of Fort Collins, between Fort Collins and Loveland. And those of you who travel I-25 know what I'm talking about, especially the area of construction that's going on there. Once again, it slowed down. In fact, it slowed down there all the way until uh, the uh, I-25 went to six lanes. And then it was really good. I had it was a lot of traffic on there. But my understanding is that later in the day, I got there about five o'clock, I think, at the interchange of I twenty five and I eighty. I understand later in the day the traffic actually got worse. But a lot of people left early, did not See the total eclipse because they worried. They were worried about making it home. Now understand, I I can't say that that I was perfect in this part of the journey. I was a little concerned myself. I had spent uh, two days traveling by myself, and it, it was a long. It had been a long trip. I took a 250-mile excursion, uh, making it a little bit longer than than normal, and um. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I was worried about when I was going to get home. I did have a safeguard, though. I could have called my son and daughter-in-law up and, in Loveland and said, hey, can I crash for the night if I really had to? Not sure they would have let me, but anyway, I could have done that. Uh, the, uh, again, Solomon, this time back in Proverbs, Proverbs 12.25, uh, wrote, worry weighs a person down, an encouraging word cheers a person up. I think there were a lot of people that were weighed down with worry as to whether they were going to make it home in time. But there were also a lot of us that, that knew that this was going to be a part of the journey. We had, we had been told that it was going to be, the traffic was going to be bad, and it was. And so the encouraging word to me actually came from inside of me was that I got to experience totality. Not a whole lot of people did. Yeah, there were millions of people that did. But you consider how many people in the United States and in the world that didn't get to experience totality. I got to experience something amazing, part of God's creation, and that really helped. That was an encouragement to me as I stuck in traffic trying to move at five miles an hour or stopped or whatever else. You and I know the power of an encouraging word from a brother or sister in Christ. We get caught up in worry. We look at the future. We don't see hope in the future. And, and that encouraging word that comes from a brother and sister who loves us, who knows us, who's not just placating us or saying words that are godly or Christian, but air quotes around those. The word that is powerful, that speaks to our soul in how it helps us when we worry. See, God has placed us in community, hasn't he? So that we can help each other through times of worry. So those are the lessons I learned uh, while I was uh, uh, experiencing the totality of the the eclipse. Plan ahead, modify your expectations, enjoy the moment, don't leave too soon, and don't worry. Those are those lessons that I hope that I will uh, take with me, not just in the next few days, but in life.
1: Connecting the beauty of God's Word with the beauty of creation. You're listening to the Praying with the Eyes podcast. i'd like to turn our attention
0: now to a blog i wrote about the eclipse called uh, more than one time shot and i've explained to you already that i was disappointed in uh, taking pictures of the eclipse i've seen a whole lot of amazing pictures on the internet that were taken of the eclipse. And I'm gonna make plans uh, through my failure to do something different the next time, Uh, what I consider a failure. Like I said, I haven't yet put together my time lapse, so I don't know exactly if I got what I would like to, to to have gotten, maybe, maybe not. But if you go to this blog that I wrote, uh, you'll see the picture that I'm talking about. It's right in the heart of of the totality and and so, you know, when you're doing a time lapse like this, the darkness is going to change the exposure of your picture. So I started a little bit overexposed, knowing that when I got to totality, things were going to be dark. I didn't realize how dark they would get. The picture that you have there has not been touched up. It is the picture that I took uh, at that moment with my settings that I had started with. My hope is by the time-lapse that you see this transition in and out of, of the eclipse. And, and that would be uh, uh, would, would be great if that happens. The problem is that a camera does not have the dynamic range of the human eye. You know, I didn't see total darkness when I was in the uh, totality of the eclipse. There was still light shining around. My camera can't make that distinction. It, it, it has a narrower Uh, dynamic range than my eye that God has created in such a masterful way. Now cameras are getting better with their dynamic range, but still not to the degree of the human eye. So that's not what I experienced. I didn't experience this picture and maybe that's why I'm disappointed with it. Uh, To me it's rather disappointing. I am making plans, like I mentioned earlier, to, for the next solar eclipse, April 8, 2024. It's going to re- reach from Mexico to Nova Scotia, so it's going to be uh, going in a different direction, but once again, uh, crossing uh, a portion of the United States. And uh, in fact, there's one city, or maybe a few cities, along the path that will be in totality in both those eclipses, and that's pretty cool. So anyway, uh, I'll make changes but start me thinking about my relationship to God, so taking things a little bit different. This is not one of the five lessons I learned, but just reflecting on what I considered to be a failure when it came time to take a picture of the eclipse. Many of us feel that we failed God. It may be a moral failure, it may be something else, and somehow we feel we've crushed God's heart, and and yeah, sin does crush God's heart, but w- the problem for us is that we feel that that sin is irreparable that failure in our life the moral failure that nothing god can't do anything about it he can't change it yeah we always know about the consequences that's not what i'm talking about here i'm talking about is does that mean that i've totally failed god and i can't recover from it you know maybe that's the way we feel that, we, that what we did was so devastating and so bad that we have this feeling that we cannot recover from it. And I've had that feeling. There's stuff in my life that I can still break out in a cold sweat over that I did in the past. Yet the Apostle John in Revelation wrote, And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new also he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. That passage, it's neat to know that my brother-in-law, who also writes blogs, he used that same passage a couple of days either before or after in a blog that he wrote, and I—and that's pretty spectacular that God would use that same passage and use it in a different way in these two different blogs. I, I know that the context of this in Revelation 21 is when Christ returns, and we see a new heaven and a new earth, and yet it's, and then all things will be new at that moment, and sin, death, pain, it's all going to be done away with. But John writes this in such a way that it says, behold, I am making all things new. I'm in the process of making all things new. And so that deals with our life today, that no matter how bad our failure, God, love and mercy in Christ forgives, and in His forgiveness sets us on a different track to live differently. To not go back and say, okay, I can do what I want to do again, uh, it, but it's, it sets us on a different track to live differently, right? To be different. It's mercy. It's grace. We know we're going to fail again down the road, and I know there's a lot of people. This came up of a Bible study, uh, a Thursday morning breakfast Bible class that I'm a part of, and that we... Uh, a lot of people make fun of us Christians because oh yeah, you, you you do something bad and then you go to church and you ask for forgiveness you're forgiven and then you go back and you, you redo it again and that's true we do And so I don't deny that, but that person those people don't understand two things. they don't understand human nature and they don't understand grace. as, a sin, as, as Christians we're both sinners and saints declared right before God and Christ Jesus, as I mentioned earlier, but we still got that old part of us that clings to us. And, and sometimes that old part of us gets the better of us. And so we question, can, can things be new today? Can things be new? And the reality is, those of you listening here, I don't know where you're at, what you've been, what you've done, but yes, yes, God can make all things new for you too. Even to those of us who are in Christ and when we fail, God makes all things new. We look forward to that day, yes, when there will be no more sin, no more pain, no more death. But God is in the process of making all things new for you and me today. Thank you for listening to the Praying with the Eyes podcast today. It's good to be back with you after a three-month hiatus from these podcasts. The next podcast will be coming out September 15th. I look forward to you joining me on that day. Once again, the Praying with the Eyes podcast. podcast is a part of the ministry of Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado. You can find out more about Holy Cross by going to our website, holycrosscs.org. If you have questions for me today, please email me at questions at prayingwiththeeyes.com. I also have a, a, a thing I like to do called Monday Morning Muses. It's a vlog, a video log that I do. I don't do it every Monday. I've, I've given myself the freedom that to say that it may not work for every Monday, but uh, uh, most Mondays I have uh, uh, somewhere around a 10 minute blog on something that's going on in my life and that I'm just reflecting on. That's why it's called Monday Morning Muses. I muse about something. Would love to you join uh, me in that. You can find those those vlogs on Facebook. I, I put them up there. And uh, if you go to the Holy Cross Facebook page, you'll find it there. You'll find it on my own personal uh, Facebook page. But Monday Morning Muses, and I hope you'll share those. View, you do watch those, you share those, as well as sharing this podcast with your family and friends. It's good to have been with you again, and I look forward to be you being with me on our next podcast.
1: Thank you for joining us today on this edition of the Praying with the Eyes podcast. For thoughts and questions that you might have, please email Doug at questions at prayingwiththeeyes.com. We look forward to being with you in our next episode.